it's really important to not try and aim for this incredible high production, high quality video in the beginning, because I think that's going to hold you back. Do what you need to do so that you can produce regular, consistent content, and that will get you going and then get you kind of lifted up in the algorithms. Are you seeking a better way to accelerate your sales, to scale your business, to live a life with no limits? Accelerate Sales Podcast features global experts who have cracked the code to recurring revenues with proven sales systems and get you on the fast track to scaling. Now let's accelerate your sales with today's episode. Welcome to the Accelerate Sales Podcast. You're going to learn three key things from the guest today. One is how to create a YouTube channel that brings you lots of leads every month and not just leads, qualified leads. The second is how you can scale your income through a combination of online courses and group coaching. And then the third thing is the art of follow-up. And our guest gives a brilliant process of exactly how he does it and how you can close more deals through that. So welcome to the Accelerate Sales Podcast, as I said. If you're a first-time listener and you love what you hear or see, please subscribe. If you're a regular, I really appreciate those reviews on any platform, whatever you're listening to at the moment. Uh, Please take notes, but we will have a summary of all the key points that the guest mentions in the website and or sorry, in the app that you're using and in the website, you can go and request a full transcript if that's what you would like. And I do look down and that's to make sure that I get those notes absolutely perfect for you. So today's guest is someone that was working in and the agency world, but ran a part-time business on the side. And that was around productivity. He loves productivity, loves automation. And in 2016, that income overtook his standard job, so he decided to leave. And that's when he started his YouTube channel, and he's built it now to over 21,000 subscribers. And, you know, as I said before, he's getting consistent leads from it. He is an expert in both Asana and Pipedrive, and ultimately, he's going to share those key learnings with you today. So what I'll do now is hand you over to Paul Miners from paulminers.com. Paul, great to have you on. It's been a while since we've spoken, but I really enjoyed every occasion that we've worked together in the past. But why don't we kick off with uh, who you love to serve? Who's your ideal client? Yeah, and thank you for having me. Uh, I'd say my ideal customer is uh, really any kind of like small to medium-sized business that either, because there's two sort of main focuses of, of, of our business, is businesses that want to be better at project management, be more productive and efficient with their their systems and how they actually do their work. And the way we help people with that is we specialize in a tool called Asana, which I'm sure many of your audience have heard. And so Asana is this amazing tool you can use to manage your work, streamline your projects, and really just manage your systems and your processes more effectively. So that's one core area. And the other is uh, sales. We, we specialize in a CRM called Pipedrive. And so any business that's looking to manage their leads, inbound leads and customers more effectively, especially if people are interested in automating parts of their sales process, Pipedrive is this fantastic tool we can use to streamline that sales process. And it actually goes really nicely hand in hand with Asana. You know, a lot of businesses have that sales journey. You get a new lead, you're pitching, you're selling your product or service. And then there's sort of the the, the fulfillment, the operational side, which is actually delivering the service. And that's where Asana comes in. So we find these two tools work together 
really well. So any any sort of small to medium sized business that is interested in selling their service more effectively and uh, streamlining their operations. And I think the the real big need is that we really need the people we work with to have an appetite for learning and for and, and a real desire to make their business more efficient. Um, one of the one of the challenging things I sometimes hear is when people tell me, you know, that we'd, we'd love to work with you. This all sounds great, but we just don't have time right now. And the irony is if you actually spent a bit of time working on your business, it makes working in your business a lot easier. So that's a key requirement is people need to have that uh, willingness to, to put aside some time to work on their business. Yeah. And look, you know, I think, um, you know, there's, as they say, there's normally, you know, two types of people there's people that are you know hugely organized and then there's ones that aren't and uh, I know sometimes I find it difficult looking through the lens of someone who is quite organized just thinking you know come on it's not that hard why, why, <laughs> yeah why don't you just do that but I know that not everyone's looking through my window right so um, you know for you uh, you know, buy-in from the the founders, the CEOs, those people that sometimes are entrepreneurial, they're not into the detail. How do you go about getting their buy-in to make sure that it's, you know, led from the from the top? Yeah, I usually start and, you know, when I'm selling and I'm talking to somebody for the first time, I'm usually starting by working out what are the pain points we're trying to solve? You know, most people come to me and they say, we want to use Asana better or we, we're using Pipedrive a little bit, but we know it can do a lot more. And that's great, but we really want to be solving a problem and coming back to like, well, what's the ROI of this project? Why do you even want to use this tool better? What is the metric we're trying to improve? And often when you ask people this question, they it's sometimes challenging because they they maybe haven't thought about it from that perspective. They just think, oh, we like Asana, we want to use it better. But now presenting that question forces them to think about, well, yeah, what what is the issue with our current process? Well, people often tell us we don't have enough visibility over the work that we're doing. We It's hard to track who's doing what. Work sometimes falls through the cracks or leads don't get followed up with. And so that's hurting our sales. Or maybe it's projects are taking longer than they should. And so if we were more efficient, we could have, we could handle more capacity. We could increase our throughput and increase our sales. So that is a conversation I really like to have to start with is what problem are we solving? Because that's where we can then have the biggest impact. Yeah, and and how do you go about calculating that return on investment? So, you know, I know often in corporate we used to put in technology to try to save heads. It didn't always work that, that way. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the other thing was, you know, in some small businesses people like to put in technology so they don't need more people, right? They don't have to hire as much. But how do you go about yeah. calculating that ROI or business case for owners? Yeah, sometimes obviously, if you can quantify it with with metrics and numbers, that's ideal. The challenge sometimes is with it with uh, something like sales. We might be somebody might be coming to us, and because they haven't been using their CRM pipe drive properly, establishing that baseline of where they are now, even that's challenging in itself. I mean, if we can, if we can work out right, here's the volume of leads you're getting right now. Here's the average day to close them. Here's what your conversion rate looks like. Yes. We then step in and, and look and look at, okay, how can we streamline this? What processes can we automate? Then three, six months down the line, have we moved the needle on any of those numbers? That would that would be ideal is if we can actually look at the data in something like Pipedrive and see yes. 
Yes. What has it? What has that impact been? Um, sometimes, though, you do have to rely on more qualitative measures, like with something like Asana. It's very much a cultural thing, and you have to once once we've worked with a team, we can kind of come back a little bit a little while later and, and follow up and say like. How does the team feel right now? Is do you think people's stress levels have gone down? Are people communicating more effectively? Do you think the visibility of work is is improving? So we sometimes have to look to some of those more qualitative factors, um, and and look culturally within the team at just are we working better as a team? How do we feel as a as a unit right now? And are we how how do our customers feel? Do you think we're delivering a better service than we were before? So I think it's a combination of those qualitative and quantitative metrics. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And. And for you around introducing the product, so someone comes to you and says, you know, I want a demo as an example. How do you go about um, keeping the result balanced with the features of of the platform? Yeah, well, the interesting thing with, with my business, which I know we'll get into, is actually most of the people coming to me are already using the tool that we're, the Asana or Pipedrive. Because of the way that I market myself on YouTube, um, People are either brand new to Pipedrive or Asana, and they're going to YouTube to learn how to use it, or maybe they've even been using it for a little while, and now they're learning to sort of, they're trying to take it to that next level. So that makes my job a lot easier. Very rarely do I actually need to sell them on the tool, because they're probably already using it. That's why, that's how they found me. And it makes my job easier, because I don't have to sell them on the tool, they're already using it. I just have to sell them on my service. Yeah, great. And uh, speaking of YouTube, I'd, I'd love to dive uh, further into that. It's Paul Miners. We'll put all the links in the show notes for his YouTube. Yeah. But uh, if you type in uh, Paul Miners or if you type in Asana Pipedrive, you know, Paul will come up. And I think yeah. now you've got just under 21,000. I think it was 20,700 or something yeah. subscribers, which is brilliant. So, you know, give us, if, if, if I'm a uh, cloud consultant at the moment, you know, I would love more leads coming to me proactively like you do with your YouTube. You know, what's some tips you've got to where to start? Yeah. Um, I mean, YouTube for me, it was, it was definitely a, something I tried early on to get leads because I just tried to put myself in the shoes of my ideal customer, especially for like a, somebody offering services on a cloud <clears throat> product like Asana or Pipedrive. I thought, well, where do people go for information? There's obviously community forums online people can go to. There's LinkedIn, Google. Um, YouTube is a big one. Obviously, YouTube is the second biggest search engine in the world. And so someone new to Asana or who's been using it for a little while, they're going to Google or they're going to go to YouTube to find out, how do I use this tool? So I decided early that I want to be there and I want to provide value. And so in terms of tips for getting started. And, and sorry, um, Paul, just quickly, when when did you start? When did you oh the channel? This would have been, well, my channel it was actually it was just my personal Gmail channel from years and years ago. But when I got serious on the videos for my business was in 2016, 2017. Yeah, probably the late half of 2016. Okay. But I that's when you moved from your <clears throat> you know working your business on the side with a full-time yeah. role into actually it being your core business. Yeah. Right it at was, the same time. It was December 2016 was when I yeah. reached that magic point where I was making more from my business uh, on the side than my full-time income. So I was like, okay, I better, I better make the switch. Yeah. And so for getting started on YouTube, I, you know, my advice is think about what are the, again, kind of come back to how can you help people solve problems and, and just provide value. So with something like Asana, I often make videos about a specific feature 
or I think about, and you can do some even some keyword research to get ideas, but what are the, what are the things people are typing into YouTube in regards to your product or service? So with Asana, it's Asana demo or Asana, how to use custom fields or templates. What are those search terms people are looking for? And then producing content around that topic. And I give away plenty of value. I'm, I'm, um, I'm up front at the start in terms of this is what I'm going to talk about. If you want more help, you can come to my website and you can inquire to work with me there. Uh, but, but, you know, I, I do provide plenty of free value by those YouTube videos. Yes. And it's, and it's funny because people do come to me now and they say, Oh, I've watched 10 or 20 of your videos. They've been super helpful and they still want more. So sometimes I think, you know, there's this concern about, Oh, do I want to give away too much? You know, I don't want to cannibalize my service, but in my experience, the more value you provide, the more credibility you build. And then people come to me very warm. They've already watched 10 or 20 videos. And so really it's now just, okay, how can we apply some of these theories to your business? And here are some options to work with me. Yeah. And, so, and, and, I, and sorry, just quickly there, I think yeah. you, you did right. Like, um, you know, no, often and some of the, the people that I work, you know, they can only think of their platform or their their world, right? I'm like, you gotta remember that these owners have got so many other things on their on their mind, right? You you're just a little slither in the day, right? So yes, they can educate themselves, but to actually go and do it when they've got yeah. all these other things, like particularly yeah. sales, <laughs> it's a different thing. So yeah. I, I'm all for give as much value as you can because it's very rare. Like as I can't remember who said it, but all the information you ever needs on the internet, right? Yeah. It's all there, but it's so much easier to get it fast tracked by someone like you and, and just back onto the keyword search. So, so what tools are you using to do your keyword search? Yeah. Um, the Google AdWords, if you've got uh, Google AdWords, um, you could, they have a really good keyword planner. I mean, that's more for Google search, which I do use as well. I do run Google search ads, but I kind of translate that into, yeah, people are going to be searching this on Google and in YouTube. Um, so the Google keyword planner is a really useful one. Um, often I will just type in, yes, I was literally yesterday trying to plan more videos for Pipedrive. And I just typed in the word Pipedrive and just looked at that pop-up suggested terms. Just what are the most suggested terms that people are searching for? That was just another very quick way to just see, have I covered these things or is there something in one of these terms that I could uh, produce some content for? Brilliant. And uh, as far as, you know, the video setup, like I know a lot of people, you know, they've got the content, but the thing is the the fear of of being to yeah. the video, right? So uh, what are some tips you've got there on, uh, yeah. on, on getting um, over that? My biggest tip is don't worry about the production quality. The, co the quality of the content is the most important thing. So when I, you can go onto my YouTube now. When I got started with YouTube, I, I'm on a Mac. I was using QuickTime that comes free on a Mac. Yeah. And it's just recording my screen. I would actually record in one take. <laughs> and I would just hit start, record a video. And basically I would just pretend in my head like I was talking to a client. I was basically imagining this webcam I'm looking at right now. This is a client. They've just asked me a question like, how do I use custom fields? All I'm doing is explaining to the camera as if they were a client. I'm just telling them about this feature. So I would actually record in one take. You don't have to. That's just my style. Some people like to script it out. In, in my experience or my, my preference is I have a few bullet points that guide yes. the video and a few things that I can look at along the way. Um, I don't like having a script because I want to talk a little bit more off the cuff. I want it to feel more natural. And then I would just stop recording, trim the start and the finish, 
And that was it for the early days was just a really quick and easy quick time video. Now I, I, I spend a bit more time on it. I use an app on the Mac called ScreenFlow, which lets me record my webcam so I can have this, I can have my face in, this, in as a little thumbnail in the corner. It also lets you do some quite nice editing where you can zoom in on buttons and parts of the screen that are a bit smaller. So we do a little, we put a bit more work in now, but really the videos are still pretty simple. They're quite short sort of, I don't know, between 10 to 15 minutes on average, uh, as long as they need to be really to answer the question. And I think it's really important to not, not try and aim for this incredible high production, high quality video in the beginning, because I think that's going to hold you back. And what's most important, especially with YouTube, you need to be uploading consistently for about six months before you really start to see traction. And I had a client of mine who was doing the same thing for DocuSign. Um, he, he wanted to do what I was doing for YouTube, but for DocuSign. And he said it took about six months of making regular videos before the YouTube algorithms sort of recognized that, okay, here's a channel that's producing good regular content. There's comments coming back on the video. And then the algorithm starts lifting your videos in rankings and suggesting your videos a little bit more. So my advice is, yeah, just start. Don't worry too much about the production quality. Do what you need to do so that you can produce regular, consistent content, and that will get you going and then get you kind of lifted up in the algorithms. Yeah, and, and what's your definition of consistent? Is it once a day, once a week, once a month? Oh, I do. I aim for once a week video, and that's a, but that's across. I do pipe drive videos. I do Asana videos. I do random productivity videos as well. Um I would say, you know, but you, you could do once a week or once every couple of weeks to start with. Um, and uh, I, th I think, yeah, YouTube likes that consistency. And what about, because uh, obviously people can go and see your <laughs> your best practice at Poor Miners, but um, thumbnails and titles. I know that's the thing that I always struggle with. Um, you know, what's, what's some tips there on how you can improve your thumbnails and titles? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's more I could be doing. I, I know there's tools and that you can sign up for where you can AB test different thumbnails and titles. I haven't gotten into any of that yet. Um, really, I just try and think about what would somebody type into YouTube to find this video? What is the feature they're trying to learn about or what is the problem they're trying to solve? And just making it pretty clear what the video is about. Because what I've learned is that if you say something, um, people really hate clickbait. Now, this, is not a, this is not a YouTube issue. This is just a content issue if you say something that sounds really good and then the video doesn't deliver you're going to get pulled out in the comments and i've had that before yes. so you have to make sure the title reflects what you're talking about in the video but i generally just think about what would somebody be searching the problem or the feature that i'm talking about and then the thumbnail um the thumbnail you can have a look at my thumbnails but it's basically i have the title and then i have me a little outline of me and then just a simple background with the feature or the whatever I'm talking about. Um, I include my uh, Asana certified pro badge to show that I'm a expert. Yes. And just to make it, you know, stand out a little bit more. I mean, everyone's doing pretty good thumbnails on YouTube now. So you just doing even a simple thumbnail is, is a bare minimum. Um, uh, but no, I, I just, again, make sure the thumbnail is clear. Is the text easy to read? So I, I have the title white text on a black background so it really really stands out just simple simple things like that yeah and, and mm -hmm. other than i know obviously that's because you're a kiwi you um 
you got white and black, but um, yeah. for, for the global audience that, uh, you know, Australians and Kiwis do love each other. We just don't often show it. But the uh, that really stood out to me when I had a look at your YouTube channel again today. I just love the black <clears> and the white. And the, I don't know, what, what font do you use? Oh, uh, I'll have to check on Canva. I think it's called Railway. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's really it's all, clear. All very clear, just all caps, font, nothing too... I don't do anything too stylized or cursive that might be hard to read, just really clear, yeah. And, you know, so you got the 21,000, right, obviously started at Zip. Like, has it been a continual build or is there a certain times where you did something and it really shot up? It's been pretty consistent. Um, To be honest, I haven't I've, – I've never been that focused on my subscriber count. It's never been – Growing my YouTube channel has never been a goal. It really started as I'm just going to produce content. That's going to be my source of leads. And if I get subscribers, great. But the number of subscribers I have doesn't really matter. Yes. What matters is how many of them are turning into customers. Yeah. Um, I could certainly put more time and energy into YouTube if I wanted. But um, I mean, right now, my time and energy is best spent on converting those people into paying customers. But um so I'd say it has been pretty consistent. And the nice the nice sort of uh, side benefit of YouTube is that now I'm earning some pretty good ad revenue as well. You know, I, I've monetized the videos with ads, which you can do after, I think, I can't remember the requirements. I think you need at least a thousand subscribers maybe before you can monetize your videos. Yeah. Um, so I've turned on ads and that's nice because I get, I would say on average about maybe 2000 USD per month in ad revenue. And that covers, you know, because I do some Google AdWords, some Google search advertising, a couple of hundred dollars a month. So my my YouTube revenue covers my ad spend on Google, which is good, and covers some other expenses and things. I pay a VA and, and uh, a guy on my team to do the editing and to my VA to do the uploading and descriptions and things. So it covers that cost. Um, so that's been a nice side benefit is you can actually, as well as getting leads through YouTube, you can actually monetize it. Yeah, brilliant. And, and as far as leads, like... Um... You know, you can give an exact number, a round number, but how many leads would you get from YouTube a month? Oh, I'd say between 20 to 30. I could pull up my pipe drive and have a look because I track everyone I talk to. I ask, how did you find me? YouTube and Google are definitely the two biggest in terms of where my leads are coming from. So I'd say probably around 20 to 30 people are coming to my website and then booking a call actually clicking on my calendar link and booking a call to meet with me. Yeah, great. And and the conversion, is there, what's the difference of conversion versus YouTube versus some other sources? Yeah, uh, I'd say YouTube is is converts really well because um, I, can't, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head. I, I could definitely look at it. But um, like I said, with YouTube, you're, you're getting really warm leads because they've watched a bunch of my videos and having produced a lot of videos now you you learn how to get better at talking on camera and i always really focus on speaking really clearly as well yes. not just in how i sound but trying to communicate something in as few words as possible like how would a teacher explain this to a class of students you know yes. so people often comment on oh your videos were nice and clear compared to other people who were waffling a little bit more so that working on that, just being able to communicate clearly is really important. And so, yes, the leads are coming to me very warm because they've already watched some videos. They they already know that, right, this guy knows what he's talking about. There's no concern about does this guy know what he's doing because they've watched my videos. So the conversion is very good. They often it's just a case of 
having that conversation about what are the problems we're solving? What does success on this project look like? Okay, great. Here's how you can work with me. Shall we get started? Yeah, yeah. That's and and as far as um, you know, countries. Are you doing anything to tailor any particular countries? Like, I where are your leads coming from? Are they coming from globally, or is there particular geographies that you? Yeah, you're I mean, on? YouTube is a global product, so most of yeah. my clients do come from the US. A uh, fair bit from Australia as well. Funnily mm-hmm. enough, not a lot from New Zealand. Um, not sure why. I think it's just that obviously Australia and the US are just much bigger markets. Um, I'm not necessarily targeting these countries. I do with my Google search, you can target different countries. And so with my keyword search, my my pay-per-click ads, I do target the US, Canada, Australia, New Zealand. Um, with YouTube, it's all organic though. So uh, anyone that wants to watch a video can can find it. Great. Well, look, uh, thanks for the tips on YouTube. Let's just quickly go to another area of business, which I think you're quite progressed in, is the online courses, right? So I know you've got courses for Asani, you've got courses for Pipedrive. Just tell us a little bit about, once again, if I'm sitting there and thinking, well, you know, I get a lot of requests that aren't always service-based, you know, high implementation. They're already part of the platform, like you spoke about. They're already on the platform, but they just want to learn it better what are some tips if someone's sitting there thinking you know i think this could be another revenue stream for me yeah in terms of how to use courses you mean yeah yeah i mean i've always i mean from day one i've always experimented with different ways of pricing and packaging my service and so earlier on i was more just selling my time at an hourly rate or doing projects but then you know a few years ago i was thinking well how can i scale what i'm doing because ultimately there is a limit on how many hours i can do and I actually saw one of my students, I have a consulting course, and one of my the guys that did my consulting program, he specializes in Airtable. His name is Gareth. And he actually, so he had great success starting his business, following my course. And then he actually created this Airtable course, which came with group coaching and private sessions. And he was telling, I was following up with him and he was like, oh, this has been really successful for me. So I actually copied him one of my own students who had done it first. And and I suppose the funny the funny story there is that for years I was like, people don't want to buy a course about Asana because you can go on Asana's website. I've got my YouTube videos as well. They want to pay to work with me one-on-one. And so I, I was telling, I was putting this off for years, but then I saw Gareth do it and I was like, okay, I need to look at this now. How can I package something that is valuable. So my course does go into a lot more detail and depth compared to my YouTube videos. There's a lot I don't put on YouTube. Um, it's sort of like YouTube is kind of like the teaser trailer before you watch the movie. Yes. Um, but then what I did as well is I packaged it with some group coaching that people can do on a weekly basis. You can hop on a group call and get questions answered. And then depending on the package you get, you can book a number of private sessions as well. So it's sort of this hybrid model between getting access to a course, but there's also access to want work with um, me one-on-one or my, the experts on my team. So that, um, number one is if you have any preconceptions or hesitations about courses and whether they can work, try to put that to one side and actually, cause I did this for years and then actually look at how, how could you use a course in your business? I think more and more people are really interested and open to online learning through courses because they can learn at their own pace at, in their own time. But then what I found to be really ex- uh, effective is packaging a course with something like some group coaching, a community or one-on-one sessions as a, as a way of saying, look, you're not on your own here. You can do the course and you can go through that in your own time. But when you have questions, here are the options where you can get in touch. 
Yeah, look, and and personally for me, I think that's vital. Any any product that I'm looking for at the moment or a course, it's always that hybrid. I think, you know, having yeah. a, whether it's a Slack group, Facebook group, whatever it is, where you can ask questions and learn from that, I think it's so important because often the questions, you know, you don't know a question until you actually watch some of the content. Yeah. And you know, you're you know, for you as a creator, it's very hard to constantly change that. But within a a, a coaching model, you you definitely can. Mm. Um, yeah, look, uh, look, you know, it's please, you know, I'm talking to Paul Miners. Go and check out uh, paulminers.com for the courses and also YouTube uh, paulminers.com as well. But, Paul, we're going to go now into a deep dive on some of your sales habits to round us out. So the first one is, now, what's this daily sales habit that you do every day to help you accelerate your sales? Yeah, I think the thing that I've always focused on that I think works really well is is being really good at follow-up and surprise, surprise, I use pipe drive to do this. <laughs> so um, the habit that I get into, and this is what I teach my students as well, is every single lead that I'm talking to, I always have some kind of next action on that lead in pipe drive that tells me what do I need to do next? So even when you know, people come to me, my, my sales process is probably very similar to yours and a lot of your audiences. People come to my site, they book an introductory call to meet with me. We have that conversation. What problems are we solving? Here are some options to work with me. If I can convert them on the phone, that's great. That's great. A lot of people, time people need to go and think about it. Yes. So now the, now the ball is in their court. They're in that key decision-making phase where they're working out what do I want to do next? And I can't remember the statistics or who said it, but how many touch points you sometimes need to, to um, close a sale? Like you need an average of eight touch points to close a sale. Yeah, I think it's uh, gone up to 13 according to HubSpot. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> 13 now. Like yeah. So I always make sure in Pipedrive, once they're in that sort of decision-making phase, I always have a next action on every lead of when am I going to follow up? And I ask people this on the call. I say, Paul, when would you, when would be a good time for me to follow up when you've hopefully made a decision? And they'll say, you know, give me a call next week. So I'll, I'll put that into pipe drive. Um, even if they don't respond, I'll, I'll follow up a number of times. So I always use the activities, the reminders in pipe drive as a way of telling me I need to follow up again and again and again. Eventually, like if somebody doesn't respond, I'll kind of mark the deal as lost and I'll move on. But I think just using, uh, taking that approach of always having some kind of next action to follow up. Because I think a lot of time when we're selling, we think, well, I've given them the quote or I've given them the proposal, the ball's in their court. They'll come to me when they're ready, which is true, but Not really. people get, people get busy. Correct. Correct. And you need, and you need to be kind of poking them a few times to say, don't forget. Like, yeah. So that's the thing that I, uh, I think I've done really well that uh, is is always having that really good follow up process in place. Yeah, I think that's great. And for me, it's you know, don't say you know, he, you know, following up on a call or whatever, but actually give them value because they know they know who you are, right? So if you give them value that you've learned from the conversation, then it's not as obvious as everyone else is, which is I'm circling back, I'm following up. It's like oh, you know, you just go into everyone else's. All right, technology. I know that you use a lot of great tech. We talked about Asana, we talked about Pipe Drive. I know you use Zapier or Zapier, depends how you want to say it. Now, what's one other uh, tool that you may use that um, helps you accelerate your sales? Yeah, I'll I'll just um, correct you as well. It's Zapier. Yes. And the, the reason, the way you remember is Zapier makes you happier. 
because <laughs> <Right. laughs> it automates your business so how he makes you happier um so yeah the, the, i mean asana pipe drive are probably the two biggest most important tools in my tech stack zapier is the glue that brings everything together other really important tools calendly i mentioned is the booking system i've used since day one for booking my sales calls but also the one-on-one calls with clients and now that i have a team as well Everyone gets booked through Calendly, and I can automate when somebody's booked, that goes into Asana. Um, ConvertKit is my email marketing system where I send my newsletters, and I've got a lot of automation set up for when people join the course. There's emails that go out related to that. So ConvertKit's a big one. Um, WriteMessage is a really useful tool that actually goes quite well with something like ConvertKit or, or an email marketing service like ActiveCampaign. What right message does is this really powerful tool where you can use this in a in a for like booking intro calls, but you could each equally use it for delivering like a lead magnet that you have. So what this tool does is you can put in instead of just putting up a an email opt-in form that just says put in your name and email to get my lead magnet. Yes. You can actually ask a couple of questions. So when somebody books a call with me to learn to inquire about the Asana services. I actually ask them a few questions first, like what's the biggest challenge you're having with Asana right now? And there's three buttons, there's three options, which are the three most common responses. Like um, uh, I want to get help structuring my account or my team needs training on how to use it or um, we want to learn more about what it can do. And then I have, okay, so that's your biggest challenge. What's your number one goal? Um, How big is your team? That kind of thing. So you can ask these little questions and then you can have your call to action, your lead magnet or your book a call at the end. But by collecting this information and then feeding that into my email provider, ConvertKit, I've learned a little bit about them. So number one, when I get on the call, I've, I know kind of what stage they're at, what challenges they're having. So that's good. But then I can use that data in my sales funnel. So if I then put them into a, a drip sequence where they're getting nurtured and maybe pitched on my program, rather than saying the same generic thing to everyone, about here's my program, it helps you to do ABC. I can then say, here's my program, and it's going to help you to structure your account in the best way. And I can I can swap out that paragraph or that sentence based on what they've told me. Yes. So now they're getting a much more personalized call to action based on the challenge they're having or the goal that they have. The really cool thing is you can even apply that same personalization to your website. Yes. So it'll say, go and sign up to my program. And that heading on my website, instead of saying, Asana course or whatever, or something generic, like one headline that I think sounds really good. I can have three or four headlines pre-written and based on the challenge or the goal that you have, you'll land on a version of that page, which has the headline that speaks most directly to you. Brilliant. So, and, and, and just, um, how do you spell, is it right? R I G H T or yes, that way. Yes. Yeah. So yes. right message. And it, it, it's it's because you're deli- you're sending them the right message for their. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's a really cool tool because it means you're not trying to write one web page or one email funnel with copy that hopefully appeals to everyone. You can swap out sentences and paragraphs that speak to the challenges that people have and much more. You're much more likely to convert them. Um, so that's been a really powerful tool as well. Yeah. Brilliant. And if you want to like um, Ryan Levesque, with his bucket system and the way that he his ask methodology is really good to to back up um, what Paul's implementing there. So the last question is the big one. It's at the end. So what can we take action on today to 10x our sales? Yeah. <laughs> so we were talking about this at the start and I didn't have an answer. Um, and I said, if I knew the answer to this, I'd 
probably be doing it. <laughs> um, my maybe unconventional answer is, and this is something I've become increasingly interested in, is if you if you generate surplus cash in your business, I think the best thing you can do right now is to buy Bitcoin. <laughs> because that's how I see, uh, I've, I'm kind of viewing my business in a bit, a bit differently over the, over the last year or two. For me, my business is now a vehicle for obviously generating cash. Yes. But now I'm looking at how can I invest some of that, those retained earnings into other assets? What can I put that cash into that's going to generate a passive income um, that doesn't require my time? So I'm not so much looking at how do I increase sales, but how can I take that retained earnings and invest it into something else? And for me, uh, I mean, you could you could put your surplus cash into anything, but for me, I think uh, Bitcoin is a really interesting technology, really interesting. I think it's going to have a profound impact. I think there's a lot of growth um, over the next 10 years. And I, I, think, I think we'll get to the point where the retained earnings I've invested into Bitcoin will probably the growth and the appreciation of that will surpass the income I get from my business at some point. Yeah, and and Paul's Paul and I aren't giving any financial advice here. That's no. <laughs> personal, uh, personal uh, action that he takes. And yeah. uh, if you ever are looking at investing, please talk to an expert. Don't talk, don't take <laughs> Paul or our word for it. But uh, look, Paul, it's been wonderful having you on. I, you know, you've. You know, we used to work together to see where you've got to now with uh, a team that you've built up. You've got a fantastic uh, YouTube channel, which I really, um, you know, everyone go to the links in the show notes to go have a look at it, but it's pretty easy, Paul Miners. And also, you know, the way that you've built additional revenue streams and scaled it through the courses. I think if you're a cloud consultant watching this right now and you're thinking, you know, how can I get out of just being on the tools delivery and you know, running out of capacity, I think Paul's uh, done a brilliant job to do that. So, um, Paul, uh, once again, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thanks, Paul, for having me. What a great interview with Paul, and you know, he's just got so much value. And I love the way that he delivers. He's so authentic. He just wants to give value. And you know, I know that he on his YouTube channel, Paul Miners, go and check it out. It's brilliant. And if you actually took a learning out of Paul, might have been around follow up, might have been around courses or YouTube. You know, just Mention him on your socials, take a photo of the podcast and uh, he will love that for you because let's face it, all these guests come on and give enormous value in their time for free. You can get the show notes summary on the app that you're watching. You can get the full show notes at paulhigginsmentoring.com and also why not share this with, you know, whether it's 110 100 of your your peers so that they can actually improve or look at ways to accelerating their sales. They'll love you for it. Check out our solo shows and also check out our community for cloud consultants. It's called the Cloud Consultants Collective. And if you go to paulhigginsmentoring.com, you'll see it there. Please take action to accelerate your sales. I'm fired up after today's episode. What about you? But hey, before you go, Learning is just one piece of the puzzle. Now it's time to put today's strategy into action. Head over now to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast and share how you'll put it into action. Be sure to head over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Tell me what your favorite episode is. And don't wait one minute more to gain access to your pulse check at paulhigginsmentoring.com. This could be the difference between struggling to get more leads and making this next quarter your best one yet. 